tonight we will find out if anything that falls into a bayou can be recovered. Spoiler alert, the answer is no. What happens in the bayou stays in the bayou. 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 Music! Welcome to the New World Pictures Podcast, where we're going to watch every movie released by New World Pictures. And welcome to the second film in our New Warvember. That's right. Uh, we are exploring all the different New War films that New World sort of offers. And <laughs> <laughs> your classic, <laughs> not New Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noirold <laughs> pictures. Ah! <laughs> uh, I'm Ryan. With me as always is Mark. You can call me Etienne from here on out. <laughs> and Erica. You can call me Noirica. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us to talk about tonight's Noir-ish film he is the host of the force five podcast give it up jason kleberg everybody yeah hello thanks for having me thank you thank you for joining us jason uh how is everything going on the force five podcast good we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming out when's this when is this episode airing november november i'm not sure it is the second one so the week before thanksgiving all right cool well happy thanksgiving everyone uh, thank you. I've got some, thank you. Some was cool that for stuff me? Coming up. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was just for Mark. That was for. I'm uh, sorry. He goes by a noir. I'm uh, sorry. That was for Etienne. Because <laughs> yeah. Etienne is yeah. his. Please respect his name. Bon change. Thanksgiving, Etienne. <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, top five boxing movies coming Ooh. up. I got uh, five underrated Christmas movies yeah. coming up. Yes. Straight in time for for Christmas. Nice. So we got some cool things coming. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Uh, it's a great podcast. I was so lucky to be a guest on it, which was awesome. You also had one of our regular guests, Tarek Davis, was also on it. We were back to back. It was awesome. Uh, but a great show. So we're so happy to have you here. So thank you. And welcome, Jason, because we're going to talk about <laughs> 1987's Sister, Sister. Far from the rest of the world, on the edge of nowhere, live two sisters shared a secret you have to promise me lucy we're never gonna talk about this again they kept it for many years until an outsider came into their lives what are you doing here i have a reservation sister sister well the way i see it there's a sister you want the sister i want you could say that 
secrets. He brought his hand to my mouth. Lucy, that's enough. Keep them. But Sugar, she's fine now. She is fine because I made her fine. No matter the price. But just in case that you got anything in mind, there's something that you should know. Lucy! No matter who pays. Lucy! Stop it! I said stop it! Now stop it. Just what Lucy. We was wrong. What we did was wrong. Lucy! Eric Stoltz, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Judith Ivey. Sister, sister. That's right, 1987's Sister, Sister. This is directed and co-written by Bill Condon in his directorial debut. Oh, The future Oscar winner got his start in Los Angeles writing for film magazines, which led him to a position at AFCO Embassy Pictures, where he worked under former and future New World Pictures executive Robert Remy. Condon then began a career as a screenwriter. He wrote 1981 Strange Behavior, also a.k.a. Dead Kids. And 1983's, it was called Dead Kids until they said, we will not put out a movie called Dead Kids. <laughs> Became Strange Behavior. And then 1983's Strange Invaders, but not Strange Brew or other films with the word strange in the title. Just those two. Though obviously he was doing his best to corner that strange market. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Strange Invaders producer Walter Koblenz, who produces Sister Sister, and 18 again, as well as lesser works like The Candidate and All the President's Men, uh, that started to help Condon get this directing job that he gets here, which he finally gets due to Robert Remy, uh, who, of course, is familiar with Condon because of his time in Abco Embassy. Sister Sister didn't exactly, though, light Condon's directing uh, career on fire, because after this, he has to write about five TV movies and write and direct five TV movies before he gets, uh, including he also wrote FX2, though he didn't, he didn't direct that either. Um, and he finally gets to direct his second feature, which is Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. And then moves on to win an Oscar for a script of Gods and Monsters and directs films like Chicago and Dreamgirls and some Twilight movies and the recent Beauty and the Beast remake. This is uh, also written, co-written by Joel Cohen, not that Joel Cohen, uh, who is uh, credited as also as credited as production executive, which is in the opening credits, which is an exciting credit to get. Um, and he would go on to write noirish thrillers like Toy Story and Cheaper by the Dozen. Um, oh, man, all... Our kids love that movie. <laughs> they do. There's something about Cheaper by the Dozen. They kids love it love and the uh, sequel. Yeah, and the kids. sequel. Yeah, yeah, they do love it. They love it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What is yep. it about those movies? <laughs> yeah, I want to know what the deal is with Cheaper by the Dozen, but that would mean I have to watch it with them, and I refuse to do that. So I just, it remains a mystery why they like it. Oh, my God. You guys, let me just get this number one dad trophy But out. how do your kids like, uh, how did your kids like Sister, Sister? <laughs> I refuse to watch that movie with them. Sister, Sister, I watched with them, and they loved it. They did? <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> More patience than I had. The other writer credited here is Ginny Sorella, who will go on to write the 1992 Robert Hayes, Bo Derek TV movie Hot Chocolate and the 1993 <laughs> movie uh, thriller Tainted Blood. Um, now, this started as a, a script called The Louisiana Swamp Murders, which 
so so the Walter Koblenz and Bill Condon go in to talk to Robert Remy for like I think the second time and they're like we've got a script we really want to make it uh Remy sees it and goes this is a little too ambitious for your first feature but here's a script called Louisiana Swamp Murders that you can direct for your very first feature <laughs> and uh it's obviously a slasher film and it's about a brother uh, wait, and a sister who wait, killed obviously yeah obviously wait. I mean you know we're calling this a slasher film no, no, no. Louisiana Swamp oh, Murders okay. I thought that is, okay. this, is my, my mistake. That's the slasher. Got it. Not Sister Got Sister. It. This is a straight up noir movie. Clearly. the the uh, This is about a brother and sister, the original script that is, about a brother and sister who uh, kill people and then chop them up and feed them to their alligators. Now, you can see how that could be the nucleus for this movie, right? Yeah, uh, sort of. Yes. Condon's only request, though, is that can I rewrite it? Rewrite the movie. And the <laughs> just only. Just a simple request. Just a simple. Can, can I completely change it? Just yeah. Ju- I have a couple it. thoughts I'd like to get down on paper. Yeah. I will direct this film, your film, as long as I can change just a few things. And that is almost all of it. The only things he had to keep were Louisiana, Swamp, and murder <laughs> and an alligator but he so keep... which he did he kept all those things in there he didn't even keep swamp though i mean it's a bayou so it's it's, no, it's yeah but it's a Louisiana swamp where, version of where swamp. they the the burial ground in this movie that's swamp it's swamp that's straight up swamp i'm no swamp expert but i it feels like a swamp to me <laughs> Yeah, you guys aren't swamp Wait experts. A minute. That's the thing. We leave the swamp and the bayou talk to the experts. J- Me, who did I, very light we research don't have, on We it. don't have swamps in San Francisco. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I grew up nowhere near it, so I feel like I'm the most qualified to talk about it. <laughs> well, uh, I guess then that's still something we'll debate. We'll figure it out by the yeah. end of the episode. Yeah, we'll get to the bottom of it. Now, Remy also, uh, he did acquiesce to him cha- rewriting this entire film because there was the recent success of 1985's Jagged Edge, a much more noirish film than this Certainly. one, <laughs> by the way. But that, did, of course, was not made by New World. But he was like, okay, because of Jagged Edge, he felt like, okay, this might, then maybe we can sell it as a character-driven sex thriller. That description I borrow straight from Condon's description in the director's commentary. Uh, so that's how we get to this film, which stars Jennifer Jason Lee, Still at the beginning of her career, but not the very beginning, having appeared in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, as well as The Hitcher and The Men's Club right up uh, leading up to this. But she had yet to blow up like she did in the 1990s and Backdraft and Rush and Single White Female, which had to be a bit awkward, that film, because Eric Stoltz was dating Bridget Fonda at the time. And according to Condon's commentary, Jennifer Jason Lee and Eric Stoltz had a thing going by the end of the production of this film and dated for a few years. Hmm. So Single White Female might have been kind of an odd thing. That said, Jennifer Jason Lee is amazing in this, and she she's terrific. Yep. The, the cast in this is is... The least of your worries. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> they all knew their assignments. They knew the assignment. Patience, Etienne. Patience. Patience. He doesn't have any patience, Etienne. Ooh, um, someone's been to the bayou. I'm not even going to try to do one. I will just offend. Do it. Try it. Try it. It's easy slash impossible. Hey, if Eric Stoltz can try it, you can he try it. Try yeah, it. He, that's right. Where's his? He tried it. 
I think he is trying. I feel like I the director said to Eric Stoltz, your inspiration for the character Matt is to play Matt really like Eric Stoltz. <laughs> <laughs> I just say, I would say, uh, well, I'll save it towards the end. I think he attempts, I think he attempts one later on in the film. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get to where. But speaking of Eric Stoltz, he plays Matt, as we just said, and he had just shot some He's kind just Matt. Just, just Matt. Southern Matt. Just Matt. We got ATN and we got Matt. <laughs> Bonjour, ATN. Hey, Matt. I mean, anything goes in the bayou. I'm telling anything you. Goes. Anything goes. He had, he had just shot some kind of wonderful. That's the movie he shot right before he shot this. Playing the same character. And yeah, he looks like he's wearing the same clothes and everything when he walks into town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he actually left the set, got on a plane, showed up, and they were like, what you have on is perfect. Let's go. <laughs> and he's a few years removed from Mask and even further removed from The Wildlife, which is oh, one of Mark and I's favorite films. favorite. I love him in that. Wait, which mask? The share one or the, the share Jim one. Carrey yes. one? No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Jim Carrey one is in the 90s, so definitely not that one. You it didn't is, clarify. I you said, said he was clo- he was a couple years out. Well, he's a couple know. years he's removed. He's not in so the Jim Carrey one, so that's the first dead giveaway. That- he, he originally played the mask in that movie, and then they reshot it all with Jim Carrey afterwards. <laughs> yeah, they fired him after two weeks. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> that was going to be a joke that I was going to say. Like originally casting this role was Michael J. Fox, <laughs> but after a couple weeks, they fired Michael J. Fox and replaced him with Eric Stoltz. <laughs> what a weird twist of fate! Also, we have Judith Ivy as Charlotte, who played that Charlotte is um, Jennifer Jason Lee's character's sister. Ivy had had an extremely successful stage career. She'd having won two Tonys before ever acting in a film. Mm-hmm. The plays she won the Tonys for Sister Sister Early Burley. No, not a play <laughs> no. first. Hurley Burley, and though we did do a, a, an episode about this, steaming. Oh, I was say yes. She got a Tony. Yes. For her performance in steaming. No, I'm I just saying, imagine her. when Dave Holmes gets his Tony for steaming. I can't wait. <laughs> the gem deserves it. Before this, she had appeared in Brighton Beach Memoirs. That's the film she does right before this one. A few years after this one, Judith Ivey, joins the cast of Designing Women for its final season. season. The That's best, probably the where best I know season. her from. Probably. Because you didn't miss a season of that show. <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> I love Designing Women. Coming up next, the Designing Women podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's in an hour. Yeah. So we'll definitely... The collection of things I've seen and haven't seen. Yeah. Real weird. Real, real amazing. <laughs> yeah. Here's where you can watch this. Um, if you do not own the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, which is how we watched it. I think that's how you watched it too, Jason, right? Yep. We, this is a film we all own. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We all own this. It's part of our collection. You can, Mark (laughs) Mark has it. I brought, I have my Blu-ray player. I brought with me. (laughs) You traveled with the slip cover too, huh? The slip cover came with you. I brought the slip cover. Yeah. 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 Course. He yeah. brings it in its full form. Did you bring did you bring the slipcover case that you have to put it the, the plastic see-through slipcover case? No, I sold by vinegar syndrome. I don't go that far. You have to protect I, your, I, your it's not. I'm not. No. Mark's yeah. not in this for investments. Yeah. This is not <laughs> yeah. I'm in it yeah. for the experience of a fine film. 
That's right. Um, That's right. Classic. Just, I'm just saying. Good luck trying to resell that if it has a small, small ding in the very, very tiny corner yeah. of that slipcover. You can also watch us on Tubi. That's where you also can watch Sister Sister. Tubi, so. Tubi. <laughs> if they're if they're listening and they're looking for a theme song, now you have it. Mm-hmm. No, their theme song should be like Tubi Tubi because it's such a weird word. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, folks, we're going to have to talk about this movie. I know we want to talk about other stuff. <laughs> what can we say about it? <laughs> so let's get into what this movie is about. Oh, God. It's time to find out what this movie is about. Mark, let's start with you. What is this movie about? When given the choice between staying at a historic bed and breakfast or Hilton, choose Hilton. <laughs> Hilton. <laughs> it matters where you stay. <laughs> That's right. Sister, sister, brought to you by Hilton. Uh, Mark, are you in a Hilton right now? <laughs> I'm not. I'm in a crappy Sinesta. Sorry, Sinesta. But this is not a good not a good hotel. Oh, no. They just contacted me today about a, sponsoring the show. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, Mark. I'm a, uh, but I am, I am a Hilton Diamond member. So, Hilton... Oh. It, is it doesn't up. matter where I this... stay. <laughs> yeah. You want you want to sponsor this podcast because there's, there's nothing like Hilton and the New World Pictures podcast. Just great partners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a long-lasting partnership. All right, uh, Jason, let's go to you. What is Sister Sister about? I feel like it's about a lesson that if something weird happens at your Airbnb, just leave and you'll be fine. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yes! Definitely. <laughs> Yes. They should have listened to this in Barbarian, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yes, that's very true. Very true. Yeah, and there's enough context clues in that movie, and certainly in this one, where you're like, we should leave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm surprised they spent the night. Yeah. Um, Erica, what is this movie about? God, it's obvious, Ryan. There's always a crazy sister. (laughs) Okay. Oh, right. I'm not sure which oh, one is. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Right. I mean, I'm just not watch sure it which... and decide which one. It is. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not sure which one you're well, talking there's about. There's always a crazy one. <laughs> um, I felt like this movie was about like if you move away from your hometown and you leave just and uh, just enough years there, you can go back and no one will recognize you. Yeah. No one. Not a well, single person. To be fair, Ryan. He did have that mole removed from his bo- right near his bottom lip, and that's that's the dead ringer. That's, totally a different I mean, everyone's person. Like, he kind of looks he kind of looks like Matt, but he, or he kind of looks like the younger brother. But the younger brother had that mole. His name was Matt then too. His younger brother Matt. He looks like younger brother Matt, and his name is Matt. But I think that's where the coincidences end. Well, right. To be fair, there are a lot of people named Matt. It's also clear that when when he was little, he was constantly cloaked in shadows. So nobody knew what he looked true, like to begin true. with. That's true. Yeah, he was his the older brother. Shadow. Called him little shadow. Yeah, a little shadow yeah. of his yeah. brother. Yeah. So no one ever really yeah. truly clearly saw him. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> how, how he could return later uh-huh. and not mm-hmm. be recognized by anyone. Also, <sighs> people in the bayou have face blindness. <laughs> So it's really hard right. for them to remember. That's right. It's all that bayou fog. Unless you're Charlotte and you look exactly the same as you did way back then. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Man, she's aging wonderfully. Yeah. From 18 to wherever, whatever age she is now. I mean, mm-hmm. yikes. What really, is her secret? Yeah, and amazing. 
Let's uh, talk about the Letterbox synopsis. We're on Letterbox. Jason, are you on Letterbox as well? I am. Letterboxed backslash uh, Force 5. Okay, so Ooh. please follow Jason on Letterbox and follow us too. What the heck? No, just Jason. <laughs> nope, just follow Jason. There's enough Letterboxings, Letterboxings, Letterboxers to go around. Letterboxes. There is. Yeah. Letterbox, letterbox. Doesn't work. They need a different jingle. Does not work. Does <laughs> not work. Tubi's way That's better. Right. Tubi, Tubi. We couldn't, we wouldn't dare partner with Letterbox. That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> we're Hilt, We're a Hilton podcast, guys. <laughs> we're Hilton. This is a Hilton podcast, everyone. Here's the synopsis. It's short, but man, is it sweet. A congressional aide, Eric Stoltz, explores an old Louisiana mansion Two kooky sisters. Mm-hmm. Ooh, kooky. Jennifer Jason. Wait, what? <laughs> yep. Are you you're yep. fucking with me? Nope. They didn't two stay too kooky, kooky sisters. Jennifer Jason Lee, Judith Ivy, run as a guest house. <laughs> that seems like you a mean setup. A guest house? No, it's not a it's guest not house. It's not a guest house. It's 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 no. a bed and breakfast. It's a, it's like an it's like an inn. They call it an inn or something during in right. the film. And he does not explore it. He does not explore no. it. And they're not kooky. I mean, they are crazy, uh, but they're yeah, not kooky. Yes, but not kooky. Kooky implies kooky. fun. That's it's like, yeah. oh, this is gonna be fun. He's just exploring yeah. old mansions with these. Kooky. These people are not kooky. Yeah, these are. This is not kooky. The sister, sister, the sitcom was kooky. If, Those girls were if kooky. It was, if, if it was Charlotte and Balky, then you'd have a kooky combo. Oh, man, so fun. That would have been really good. Just imagine Bulky Bul- in that tub scene. Ooh la la. Bronson Pin show. He would have shown his butt. I just want him to say Cousin Larry in uh, the Bayou accent. Cousin <laughs> Larry. <laughs> what? Cousin Larry. What? Oh no! Oh, oh wow. no! Oh, oh no! Yeah, oh. we just lost our Hilton sponsorship. Oh, that's it. Yeah, uh-huh. Hilton just pulled out. They were like, "Nope, nope, this is not." And Bronson Pinchot just sent no. you a cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for listening, Bronson. At least for this, for as long as this episode has gone. Now let's start talking about this movie if we can. Nah, um, we're good. What? <laughs> <laughs> One of the first things, things I noticed. Things we loved and things we hated. <laughs> yeah, really. Let's skip. Let's skip. Let's just skip. Yeah. Um, brother, this... brother. Damn it. That's what I should have introduced way before. Oh, now. yeah. You should have. Oh. Oh. Regrets. Regrets. Speaking of regrets, sister, sister, let's talk about it. <laughs> Um, this the the music for this movie I felt like gave me a real flowers in the attic vibes. Or is that is that just me? Or what did you guys think? Did you get any of those vibes? Yeah. Maybe it was the amount of melodrama. Yeah, it did have some flowers in the attic vibe with the music, but that wasn't its worst. <laughs> no, I didn't, I'm just saying. I came came in and and I started. Oh, it's got some flowers in the attic vibes. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. And then I was carrying a tray of glasses and I dropped them because it's kooky. It was just kooky. It's kooky of me. Super kooky. By the way, we're going to get into spoilers. So, I mean, there's no way we can discuss this movie and dance around spoilers. So if that's a problem for you, as we mentioned, you can go watch it on Tubi or you can just rush, buy it, put it in your cart from Vinegar Syndrome, get it to your house, take it with you on your business trips. 
don't leave home without sister sister mm-hmm. um, but we have to do spoilers so uh so just be aware of that so we're going to open in a dream sequence that i assume is about lucy's fear of buying a waterbed <laughs> <laughs> i have <laughs> lucy skimping on the uh property evaluation of the house before mm-hmm. they before they committed to it uh Home it inspection. is definitely a wet dream when you open your film on a naked butt there's no way that you can Uh get better than that as the movie goes on it peaks in the first five seconds it sure does right i was pissed because that's my exact opening for steaming so i was furious because i felt like it was it was Copyright infringement, really? Like, yeah. For the for the screenplay that I have not written, <laughs> that you have only not written. talked about, you've talked about it at length, but have not written a word of. <laughs> you get a naked butt and yeah. the backside of a ball sack yeah. in the first thirty seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I this, was pumped. This is my <laughs> this is my favorite scene of the movie, which I know we're not there yet. Well, we are but, in many ways. We are. Go for it. Go for it. Yep. <laughs> no, no, no. I, let's get through the movie and then we can circle back on this one. But yes, well, that's good to know. Uh, yeah, she has a dream. The The room fills with water. That's our introduction mm-hmm. to Lucy. She wakes mm-hmm. up from this dream eventually. And what, one thing that Condon said that he was going to do was that he was, he was going to introduce each character and have a, 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 a character name card. So once she wakes up from the dream, it was going to, and you can see it in the deleted scenes on the disc. There was a, it was going to go to black and say Lucy. And he was going to introduce each character as they went to them. Next, Ugh. next being Etienne, and then Charlotte. And Thank God he didn't do that. How stupid! They made him take him out, so he didn't <laughs> do it. But, but well, he did him. <laughs> yeah, he did it. And I mean, he made it. Like, and somebody was like, "Yeah, let's let's done. get out of that. We don't yeah, need this." I would. I. What's that? It was like we don't yeah. we don't need these fucking title cards. Yeah. Right. Like, come on. Yeah, How we need extra? to hurry yeah. up. Yeah, we need to get out of this. Only if you only if your first edit comes in at sixty five minutes, you reinsert <laughs> right. the yeah. title then cards. We need to, then we need character name cards because mm-hmm. we want we got to like pad this thing, put in an extra yeah. ten minutes. Uh, so then we get to see we get to meet Etienne. He's played by uh, Louisiana native Benjamin Moton, who had actually moved to Los Angeles to become an actor. His first gig that he gets is back in Louisiana because he had a, he had the Cajun accent. So he had to go right back to where he started from. He just floating down the bayou. And then we meet Charlotte as she gets dumped by her boyfriend, the sheriff. And mm-hmm. a scene that I actually really thought was kind of, was kind of awesome. I actually liked how yeah, economic that great. was. That's a hardcore way to dump somebody, by the way. Just like, Hey, right? come to the dance with me. Let's get on the dance floor. And guess what? I'm not dancing with you anymore. Cause I'm breaking up with you. See ya. Right. Yeah. yeah. He breaks up with her and then he literally, quite literally dances off <laughs> and then starts this like yes, solo jig. Yep. I mean, the balls he, on that sheriff. He was called out to do the dance and it would have been even more in, intense if he had said that line to her and then just danced off just on his own off. free will and wasn't, <laughs> and wasn't asked to. They weren't like, Sheriff, dance. He was just like, just dancing off. Bye bye. I do like, though, the way he broke up with her and he's, you know, talks about how he, you know, broke this case and he's, you know, telling it like a story, mm-hmm. but it's really him and how he's been dating her for. So long, and she won't commit. I, I mean, I like I like the way that was handled. I was like, that's yeah, really smart, and it was done very well. Um, we did skip though at the beginning when we have uh, Lucy and Etienne. Like she's like in the beginning, she's going, she's going through the woods. She's just sort of walking along sure, or through the bayou. Sure. 
She goes to this spot and she lays some flowers down. The spot becomes like a very important part of the story, but it's sort of sort of innocuous in the beginning. You could also watch this movie and not notice that. And then at the end, go, what are, what are all these people she's looking at? You can, it's possible <laughs> here to watch thing. this movie and not I know. Didn't, I didn't get that scene until my second viewing of this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Because the first time I'm watching her sauntering through the bayou, and then I'm watching Etienne slowly make his way through the bayou to her. And the whole time, I'm thinking, holy shit. I hope she covered herself in off before she started heading into mm. the bayou. And I don't think and she I did. I hope he covered himself in off because they are taking their sweet ass time. And they like I looked, I looked in the bonus and the uh, the deleted scenes. There should have been a scene where Charlotte bathes Lucy in calamine lotion, <laughs> lotion after that. That mm-hmm. should have been part mm-hmm. of the story. But in all seriousness, I was so distracted that she's just hanging out laissez-faire next to a swamp and not worried about getting bit that I didn't even pay attention to the fact that she was laying flowers down. I was Mm -hmm. like, you need to get Mm -hmm. out of there. Also, ticks, she's going to get just destroyed. But maybe that's me. Maybe I might do it. I just, maybe I'm too paranoid about mosquitoes and ticks. Uh, That does sound concerning. I'm going to go quickly to our swamp expert. Erica, is all this, does this track? (laughs) Yeah, that tracks. Thanks, Ryan. Okay. Okay, great. (laughs) <laughs> I want to double check with our swamp expert. Thank you. I had a lot of questions when that scene came on. A lot of questions. Like they do this kind of playful, like frolicking around and they both are mm-hmm. acting like they're about six, six or seven years old mentally. And I mm-hmm. thought yeah. maybe mm-hmm. that like both of them were mentally challenged at first and this was going to be a house for mentally challenged people. Uh, yeah. Is Etienne yeah. mentally challenged? Could be. And uh, could, was she mentally challenged? Maybe. And I had the same thought too. And then you start to settle into the fact that she's not. And then as her sister starts to get more overbearing and she like, remember, she puts her up in the bedroom and then like winds up her, I guess, A musical dual, box. Yeah, musical box and just lets yep. her listen to that. I'm like, or is she? Like, I go back to that question where I'm like, or was I wrong to think she's not? Because she is like manipulated like, a toddler would. Yeah, and also yeah. Etienne has the marksman skills of a six-year-old <laughs> with that shotgun. He cannot, he can't hit anything. He did hit, he, he hit did hit the bird. bird. He got that the bird. was accidental. He meant to hit Eric Stoltz, <laughs> but he missed. And then he tried to hit the cop, but he missed. He uh, has, no, he cannot work that gun. I, I would, uh, he so, definitely misses the cops, but I yeah. would argue he's trying to hit this guy with the cops. He's just distracting him so he can run away. He's also trying to hit the crane because he wants the crane to hit the water so that Eric Soltz will grab it and the alligator comes after him because he's messing with You think with that him. he shot that crane? Because yeah. when they show the cranes up in the sky, they're pink, and then they pick a white one out <laughs> on the water. I'm like, that crane, that's, that's a different crane. Yeah. That's just a dead crane in the water. I don't, I like, don't go pick up that dead crane. I don't think Bill Condon would make that kind of mistake. I just don't. I don't, buy, I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't believe he's an Academy Award winner. How dare you? <laughs> Well, it's his first movie, Ryan. He's going to make mistakes. Um, I will say this movie, and I think it, the dream scene that we start with just kind of carries over through the whole film. I, I, I was my first watch. I thought, is the if the intent of this film is to make the audience say, "What the fuck is going on?" It's one of the most effective films I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I wondered that for a long time. It, <laughs> it's a great point. At least the first hour, I was like, "What's happening?" What's going on? I don't know. It's a film where everyone's a suspect, 
but we don't know what mm-hmm. they're a suspect of. <laughs> right? <laughs> We're like, I don't trust anybody here. But also, why? And what are we untrustworthy? And who's trying to do what to whom? And what's going on? I'm yeah. not alone yeah, in that, know. right? No, no. It was all no. It was all that, but it was also boring. On top of that, it was boring. Because it was just like, who gives a shit who is suspect is? Like, just let anything happen. Anything. I would yeah. just really love to have read the, the brochure that Matt was reading at breakfast uh, for the Bayou tour. Because, mm. uh, like, if the Bayou tour that they showed us is any indication of what was on the brochure, it would have just said something like, well, I don't think we're the ones to ask on this. I think Eric is the one to ask what would be in a brochure like this. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Jason. You, Jason. Yeah. What, Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. That's um, a good point. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have said, like, enjoy our swamp, a wetland with trees. <laughs> and. Uh huh. Okay. Tracking. Okay. Good. And good. you will see such things as birds, mm-hmm, gators. Mm-hmm. Are you sure it says that? Because that seems to be a surprise to Eric Stoltz when he does see one. And he Why fact- is it? Here's what pissed me off, too. Why is it a surprise to him? He grew up there, spoiler alert. Yeah, I know. So why is he like, ooh, gator! Like, <laughs> he's been in D.C. for too long. He's been in D.C. Yeah, yeah he yeah. has. He's gotten, he's gotten yeah. D.C. soft. But I just feel like you don't lose that. Like, I grew up in the Midwest, but you don't forget. All the gators in D.C. wear suits and ties, you know? <laughs> It's yeah. different. It's a different yeah. lifestyle. <laughs> totally different gators that you get there. It's very different. Yeah, very upstanding. Uh, <laughs> because they're standing on, <laughs> they're standing on their legs. Yeah, they're walking legs. on two legs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was gosh. also upset that Matt. Matt. She offers Matt another plate of breakfast. Which he gladly takes and doesn't take a fucking single he bite. Eat any of it. The, yeah. Wasn't that doesn't upsetting? Any of it. I was like, yeah. that is a waste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would have had that. That was the real revenge he exa- he because uh-huh. he was feeding it all family. the fucking dog. Yeah. 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 He was really killing that dog in a slow and fast. It, way. That was the first hint that he hated the food. Oh. Because he oh. asked for more of it okay. and was like, I'm not going to eat it. I just thought I would take it. I would try to save someone else from having to eat this horse shit. You know, it's such an Eric Stoltz move. <laughs> Definitely Classic feeding the dog. Stoltz. When he does enter the movie, the, the movie desperately wants us to like him and also think Etienne is evil. Also, the mm-hmm. sister is evil. Maybe Lucy's evil. I don't know. Or just like, because she's taking pills. I mean, I don't know. Or the cop like, is evil. The cop is evil because he like... He dumped his girlfriend and danced away. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think he was evil. I just thought he was like I mean a total it. badass. Like just a, what a heartbreaker in that town. I know? really wish that in my younger dating days I had been able to dump somebody and dance away. Really kicking myself. <laughs> I didn't take advantage of that. That really I'm uh, sorry you didn't get to live well, that. That's yep. Fucking dare you to dance well, away from now. this. <laughs> too late now. It's Good luck. Now. You're gonna dance away I'm gonna be pirouetting you, spinning you back. Are you kidding? You if I you're the you're you're the head of the, the swamp committee. I, I'll I'll be dead and thrown in the swamp. I know I am, better. I'm know absolutely better. not the head of the committee. I'm just merely the subject matter expert. <laughs> That's a sensitive topic. I I'm hope sorry. to one day be the head That's of the right. swamp That's committee. That's right. That's true. There's such a hierarchy. <sighs> God, I wish you could most, dance away right now. I'm most so of the swamp committee is filled with gators and suits. And yes, yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Walking around. I'll never break in. Making laws. <laughs> No, but talking about how everybody is a bad, per, or uh, you know, a, a, is evil or a bad person, 
Then we're introduced to a couple and their mom who come right. to stay. Yeah. And you think these mm-hmm. people might be throwing another wrench into the cogs, but they're really just serving as the 10 minutes of comic relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to say, best 10 minutes. Adds nothing. Yeah. Best yeah. 10 minutes <laughs> in this movie. Right. And Petoniac, yeah. who plays the uh, the old lady, oh. MVP. Love yeah. her. Totally. Totally. Yes. Oh, I yeah. I totally agree. Th- yeah. If you think that's going to change the, the course of the plot, nope. Not at all. One of the things I loved uh, is absolutely Anne Petoniak, who is a stage actor who comes into this and just knocks this out of the park. So good. So great. And she literally shows up in minute 15. And by like half an hour, they're all gone. Her, yeah. her daughter and son-in-law. But they come in and you, you they start to liven up the joint. Uh, at least she does. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it doesn't. And that was the other thing. I was like, why are they here? They literally serve no story purpose. No, no. There's no reason They're for them to be there. And comic I, relief only. Yeah. Comic relief. And I thought, are they supposed to be more suspects? But I, you don't ever think they're up to no good as you said mark i mean she's the one feeding the dog finding food for him i'm like uh, yeah they're not this isn't and then they and they're the only people that listen to reason because they're like this house is weird yeah uh this yeah. lady tells ghost stories the food's kind of <laughs> yeah. shit and you know and the, the power goes in and out like yeah. let's get the hell out of here and go yeah. to a real hotel you know yeah, totally. I mean, they, the only thing that I guess it does do is it sets up that the death of the dog. Because the dog hears her, the mom, down in the kitchen getting a snack and comes down. And then the dog is murdered because the dog saw someone peeking through the ceiling hole at Lucy. I mean, yeah. dogs, I, dogs are super smart animals, but they are incapable of tattling on you. So I don't know why you have to kill the dog. Yeah, I do not know why he kills the dog. Also, I mean, how does that dog see that light? Why is it looking up? I mean, the dog is 16 years old. Does it not have glaucoma at this point? <laughs> I was so mad when they when they killed that dog. First, I don't I don't know who I would have been yeah. more mad. I, I think I would have been more mad if they killed and and uh, Petoniak. But when mm-hmm. they kill the dog, it's it's just like there's there's no reason for that. Bo was an awesome dog. Bo is helping this person out. And uh, mm-hmm. you just got to kill mm-hmm. him for no reason? Like, come on. I know. I and know. the dog dies yeah. <clears throat> the night that the family comes to stay there, as well as Matt's first night there. It's the night of the big storm starts to happen. Mm-hmm. A big deal for Bill Condon was the fact that it hadn't rained in a long time. Now suddenly rain is there just as this man enters. I never got any of that. <laughs> that did not translate They make me. one comment I, about I, it. Yeah, it, it hadn't rained in a month. Bill Condon was ahead of his time. He was just commenting on global warming. <laughs> right? That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Clearly from an LA, he was like already mm-hmm. thinking about already thinking how about long it had been since Trailblazer. Uh, and so so then, so the first piece of like suspicious activity, outside of the fact that we don't trust a single person, is the fact they kill this dog. And you're like, but why? Why is this dog? Why has this dog been killed? I don't understand it. Right. What was that dog getting as a midnight snack, by the way? Like, and Petonia gives gives the dog like a it's like a dinosaur leg to chew on. And then <laughs> right, after right. that, the, the person who murders the dog gives it like a what is that? Like a dish of sour cream or something like what was <laughs> yeah. that? I was yeah. like, is that Seriously. whipped cream? I thought it was whipped cream. Tub yeah. of Greek yogurt. <laughs> yes. Just like Just a open massive dish. <laughs> A massive yeah. dish of massive. something. <laughs> it's it's right. it needs it needs the probiotics. The dog is sixteen years old. And if you're just gonna murder it, like, yeah. 
Like, this is the dog's last meal? That, yeah. The murder of that dog was so unnecessary. It didn't make it didn't make anything creepy. It didn't make anything scary. It just felt like really, yeah. You, it was just upsetting. Like really, you kill all d- old dogs, and, yeah. and the manner in which they do it, like stab it and then wa- wrap its neck and hang it from the vacuum cord. Yeah, the power yeah. cord to the it vacuum. It didn't even like tie back to the original murder. I mean, that was the thing. It wasn't like a calling card or a hint. It just felt so random. It felt random and it feels random like at this point you don't know anything like cuz nothing's yeah. happened yet. This is the first right. thing of significance that really happens. And and you still don't know. And even by the end of the film I'm still like, "But why the, why was that your first move?" I can I have I have theories, but I have no the concrete dog. answers. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. But it did make me think cuz we do see somebody with a knife looking through this knothole wearing gloves, but they're gardening gloves. Is this a southern giallo? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not it's not a noir film, but is it a southern giallo? Mm. Hmm? Mm. I don't know. Something to think I'm, about. Hmm. No. Uh, no. No. It's not giallo Even if it is, I'm oh boy. Even if it is, I'm gonna say no. Uh, All right. Well, okay. but now we know what November 2023 will be. <laughs> Giallo Vember <laughs> rolls off the tongue. the The first person they blame for the dog's death is Etienne. That's what Sheriff Sheriff Cleave uh, mm-hmm. blames. And you know what? I don't disagree with that because it's like he's the only guy there who has weapons, uh, knives, guns. He has access to the house. Everyone I mean, hates him for no good. For no reason. reason. They just all think he's a he's a dick. And yeah. uh, maybe a little slow. Yeah. Seemed like Nate, a sweet guy at first. At first. Yeah. He does. He does. But a sweet, misunderstood guy. But he gets a little handsy with Lucy, and she's kind of like, I don't know. So then you're like, oh, did he get kill the dog to get back at her? I mean, at this point, it's all I can think about because it's the only thing that's happened. <laughs> the only thing I thought was it seemed like that dog would eat anything. So maybe at some point he had eaten... I don't know, a pair of Lucy's undies. So maybe he was jealous because the dog got in Lucy's pants. And yeah, he, that's a good call. It's a really good call. <laughs> Could he even... He's so old, though. Can he sniff around the house and find anything? He's 16 years old. He finds yeah. Eric Stoltz behind the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, that's true. It's true. <clears throat> Just yeah. for people keeping score. At this point, we're, what, maybe a half hour into the movie? Yeah, we've had naked butt and backside of balls, naked Jennifer Jason Lee, a lot of talking. And a dog dying. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much all that's, that's happened it. in that's a half it. hour. Yeah. And then what starts to happen is we start to hear some rumblings. Finally, though, as you mentioned, Mark, you didn't know, notice what the flowers are for and some of the other things. We're starting to hear a little bit of something that happened in the sisters' past. Mm-hmm. Something went down that they argue about that the dog's death I guess elicits. I'm not sure why this information wasn't mentioned at all before. Because like well, the dog important. was there. Yeah, when the dog was there, they can't talk about it. Dog's keeping secrets. Yeah. They don't want Bo to hear any of this. <laughs> yeah, don't the dog is still never going to tell anyone about that. It's <laughs> yeah. incapable. The dog can do a lot of things. It cannot tell anyone what happened That's that night. <laughs> an incredibly limber and sharp dog of 16 years, that Bo. Yeah. Really, a number one pet. And eventually we're going to get to a twist, so I'm just going to leap ahead. Yeah. Did you, did you see the, the twist coming before we mention what it is? Did you guys see it coming? Of course. Jason? Yeah. I mean, it telegraphs it. 
It's a, it's a movie with no surprises. It thinks it's surprising you. It's not surprising anybody. Not right. even Bo. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why Bo had to die because yeah. he was like, this is boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as the cop looks at the newspaper article and they zoom in on the kid in the background, I'm like, yeah, I know yeah, what's going not. on now. Yeah, you're like, yeah, it's Matt. <laughs> Did you? I thought you didn't yeah. know because you thought Matt was a good guy. When we were watching it, you seemed to be pretty sold on Stoltz being a good dude. That was the tw- that was the twist I played on you, Ryan. <laughs> okay, oh. okay. I mean, I don't know if I saw it coming per se, but I also never thought Eric Stoltz was not a suspicious dude. Yeah. So, like, he, as soon as he shows up, a congressional aide from D.C. traveling by himself to this bayou inn in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. in Louisiana. For reasons mm-hmm. I don't know, to what? Just take a bayou tour? You traveled all this way? Like I just am like, who Who are you? Like, something's yeah. fishy here. I didn't buy it for a minute. And then he instantly yeah. digs this girl. I'm like, something's up. Something's yeah. up. So yeah. this guy I didn't trust. I mean, you're working in Washington, D.C., but you're still driving a Mark One Volkswagen Rabbit. <laughs> you're, you're not very successful at your job, is what I'm saying. <laughs> What if he prioritized, you know, uh, mileage, you know what I mean? And like just a uh, fuel economy, you know, what if? <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that 1.4 liter engine, it is economic, but I'm just saying it's like I would look at that and be like, well, he must not be very high up yet in his congressional duties. He's just an uh, aide, Mark. And he's also, not a Congress uh, man yet. Yeah, he's at Congress the head of the committee. Well. That's a big old true. gator. The swamp committee. Yeah. He's got several gators he has, yeah. to, he has to take down first to move up that ladder. He also packed very light. Yeah. So yeah. apparently one shirt, maybe two, not much. Yeah, maybe two. Yeah. Not much at all. And most of the, and all those clothes were some kind of wonderful. So, I mean. Yeah. They weren't. And, and night one, dinner of night one of his arrival, he is a, it's a full court press on Lucy. He is just like, we're going to fuck tonight, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. right? I came to Which... the bayou to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's why oh he went God. to that hotel. I'm... I'm fully editing that out. That's horrible. <laughs> no, that one's staying in. <laughs> that needs to be the intro. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh. I will say this about the twist. Condon said that he really wanted to make Charlotte more seem like more of the person doing it. And so once they actually show Stoltz in the cap, all that stuff was was stuff they shot later. And it wasn't revealed until later on. They pushed that to closer to the end, which I have to say, on one hand, I don't know if that would have worked better. On the second hand, I'm kind of happy it happened where it happened because I just needed things to happen. Yeah. I just needed yes. anything to yeah. occur. Please. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. uh, I don't know. He's, I'm not entirely sure if that was New World's decision. He wanted it to be revealed later. So once Charlotte has the shotgun herself and she's talking to Lucy, the audience is supposed to think it's Charlotte. No one thought that. Right. Though. Well, because they had already right. revealed <laughs> and shown the scene where Eric Stoltz had the cap. And not only that, the reveal for him initially was just the fact that he had, when he gets out of bed, he has like, he, as you mentioned, he shit the bed. It looked like he shit the bed, didn't it? It looked like he well, shat yeah. the bed. It I does like, look he, like he shit like, the bed. He pooped. Yeah. He pooped in there. He so, the bed. totally. He's a terrible guest. Yeah. <laughs> on top of it all. 
<laughs> yeah, he's he taking full advantage of that cleaning fee, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> he hates yeah. the food. I'm going to have to pay 195 bucks for cleaning, so I might as well shit the bed. Yeah. He hates the food so much, he's just going <laughs> to shit all over those yeah. sheets. Best of and luck. First of all, I want to just take one step back, and then we'll get back to the shitting the bed. Completely, <laughs> yes. We have much more to say. We have plenty more to say about shitting the bed. <laughs> Put a pin in it. Uh, yeah. we'll get Earmark to it. that I, conversation. I do, I do love movies that are atmospheric and take their time and are, you know, they move slowly, but you're really getting wrapped into this world oh and this God. atmosphere and the way it's shot and all again? that stuff. Oh, Jesus. No, Here not But typically <gasps> in these movies, you have someone to root for. Mm-hmm. This yeah. movie, mm-hmm. there is nobody that you're like, I have some emotional connection to this person yeah. and sure. I want to see what sure. happens. Once the dog is dead, so all the- emotional connections are, <laughs> right, are die with it. So I, I would argue still, yep. like I think Jason, you're with me too. I think once the once uh uh Ann Ann Petoniac leaves, yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, the best character so is your heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. God, that's a great scene. Just like fucking see ya. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see ya. But she says, like, don't get out of here. Go yeah. to the hotel. Yeah. yeah. She's trying to tell him. And he's trying to eat their last no. banana. <laughs> yeah. No. But before that, he uses the banana to scratch his yeah, neck. Yeah, he's like rubbing it all over his face. <laughs> he's eating on purpose to just be able to shit the he bed He doesn't later. shit the bed. Well, technically, he's not supposed to have shit the bed, but he got... He got swamp mud all over the bed. Right. Correct. That's the reveal. That's supposed to be the reveal, but that was pushed off even further. But, so. but arguably, swamp mud is not going to smell as bad as, as human <laughs> as, as human shit. Yeah. <laughs> but it does smell, which begs the question, how did she not smell something? Yeah. Or I, maybe it's like when you're really new in the relationship <laughs> and you yeah, like right. your, your significant other kind of kind of floats, uh, kind of crop dust you a little bit, and you're like, ooh, I'm not going to say anything. I mean, ooh, I know yeah. I can smell it, and I know you can smell it, but we're still too new. So yeah. let's let's just let this one slide. Would you do that? Would you be like, it smells like you I mean, you have bet. to. you have to think, like, this guy... <laughs> let's regroup on this one tomorrow. This guy's literally getting into bed covered in mud. Like, in the first place, who the yeah. fuck is doing that? Like, uh, would you yeah. ever... He yeah. still has his shoes on. Well, to your point, Jason, th- the fact is, is that because they had re- removed, they moved the scenes to different places. That scene where you, well, I guess the scene where you, where he, where Etienne is shot with arrows and then comes upon yeah. a figure, that is still him. But we don't see the reveal that it's him. So, so it's not till later. But uh, the way they they move it, it's like it took him about thirty seconds to get into his bed afterwards, and so I guess that's why he had it. But that wasn't supposed to happen till later. So that means he had plenty of time to go back to his room and actually take the boots off before he gets into bed. So why are you getting in bed with those boots? So, well, I mean, it's so confusing. For what reason? I, I, I it's. It's very confusing. And yes, Mark, I think it is one of those things where you smell someone and you're like, maybe they had they were deep in sleep. They had a little got a little sweet, sleep sweat on. It's got a little bit of a stink here, but that's cool. That's cool. We're learning like, about each other. You know, this is all part I'm, of the learning. You know, we're learning. That seems a little extreme. It's a little extreme in the Look, nostrils. We, he's just nervous. He just took right a shit now. in the bed because he mean, was nervous. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It happens. Yeah, he had that banana. Re- yeah, it went right, right. through. Wrecked him. Wrecked him. Do you think yeah. when uh, when Etienne is 
he has the arrows in him and he looks up and he sees just that person cloaked in shadows. He's like, oh my God, it's the shadow kid from when I was little. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I wonder, because he never, he has plenty of opportunities to recognize Matt as well and never does. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean. He also makes very little well, attempt to, anyway. do- to dodge the arrows that are being <laughs> shot at him. He pretty much just stands there like a bullseye waiting for their approach. <laughs> it's not the fucking Matrix, Mark. It's sister, sister. Move. What's he supposed to do? <laughs> Move. You got oh shot once. Start running. Move. It, it, it's not the Matrix. Eric Stoltz was years out from being in the Matrix. <laughs> he was- just like the mask. <laughs> Erica does not know what movies Eric Stoltz has been in. Yeah, he's been in everything, right? <laughs> Erica's unaware of him until this movie. Oh. I would have been awesome if Etienne, though, had been sort of like going pew, from side pew. to side, bending backwards as arrows just flew by him, yeah. just, I'm just quickly saying, dodging any, them. Any animal's Amazing. instinct when shot by an arrow is to at least start running. You don't just stand there and go like, sure. well, what the shit? Where, what happened with that? But Etienne's not an animal. He, I understand. He's a human being, oh, Mark. Okay. How dare you? You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna die on this arrow. The flips. <laughs> the, the flip side of that, though, Mark, is also where, where in DC was Eric Stoltz taking these or, lessons to become lessons. a master archer? Where did he fucking become Hawkeye out in they DC? They cut out the deleted scenes where he's just missing every other shot. Jesus. Whoops. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's jump to the ending, the very end moment. Was it a bit abrupt to you guys? Yes. Which part? I know it was for Erica. Was it a bit abrupt it's, for you guys? Just, so it just ends. We get to so we we have a happy ending. Charlotte's gonna finally get married to the sheriff, played by Douglas Lipscomb, by the way. Which Lipscomb? <laughs> Lipscomb, which essentially his last name means mustache. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Dennis mustache. They're gonna get married. She's wearing a dress. She has to go up and get her hat because she forgot her hat. Because right. as Jason's pointed out, you know, she's not all there. She's not all there. And so right. she goes up and get it, and then she imagines Eric Stoltz jumping through this glass Oh, God, uh, so mirror. funny. <laughs> jumping through in a white tuxedo. It is just yeah. Like, he is fun. dressed for the event. I, yeah. I was like, well oh. done. Well done. <laughs> well done, Vision. Um, to just also be appropriately dressed. That's the one oh. change of clothes he never got to wear. So he was like, God damn it. <laughs> I actually shit in that suit. So I had to go take it. I had to get it clean. Yeah. Come back. He jumps through. Then she realizes he has not jumped through. She's imagining it. The movie's over. And then we we just cut to, you know, cast credits and we right. see the different cast members. Was that a bit abrupt or did you feel like it well, was well done? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was definitely abrupt. But I I do think we skipped over an important moment uh, okay, where we please. see ghosts. We have ghosts we at the end of ghosts, this movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She goes out where, and she uh, sees ghosts. Yes. Take us there, Jason. Like, well, you know, jump into the end scene here. We have Eric Stoltz. He falls into the bayou, which it must be like two foot deep water, mm-hmm. two or two mm-hmm. or three feet at the most. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all these hands just start grabbing his legs. I still don't know what happened in that moment. Mm-hmm. Do any of you have any idea? The people what that happened? died, she had seen. She tells a story to all the guests that night when the power goes out. Anyway, she tells a story about how she went out to that area of the bayou 
and she saw all these ghosts and she wasn't afraid. And it's basically all the people that died in that area. So all the people that died in that area basically grab him and pull him in because they were, they protected her at some point from the original guy that was her sister's boyfriend. Did they? They were protecting her in the story. She said in the story too, that they told her that they would always protect her. Yes. And so that's, so they are protecting her. The the movie has no supernatural connection until literally there's five seconds of it. And then she sees them on the horizon and then it's like wedding time. It's it's so weird. It's totally weird. It's very strange. Also weird is after having sex with Eric Stoltz or Matt, Lucy finds the time to light 300 candles and get into the bathtub. Uh-huh. Yep. And as soon as there's yeah. a knock on the door, she grabs a towel and brings it into the bathtub with her. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, now what are you going to do now? Now you're going to drag that bathtub. Your that towel is going to just mm-hmm. drip all over the floor. So now you're going to end your bath with a quick mop job. Good job. How relaxing was that now? Why would you bring a towel into the water? Don't bring it in the water. You can lift it up. That I feel like you can too. lift it up. It was pr- only so cuz when she because when she stands up, she like covers herself with it. With a soaking point, wet like, bath towel that she pulled in. But I'm saying she's covering her body, okay. I think, with If the I towel, had the choice between someone seeing my meats and cheeses and not having to mop the floor or covering myself with a sopping wet bath towel, knowing <laughs> that I'm going to have to do a cleanup job after I just committed to lighting 300 candles and having a nice soaking bathtub experience. I'm going to go ahead and just say you're going to see my meats and cheeses. It's on you. You shouldn't have walked into the bathroom. How many how many dick and balls does Mark have? He said meats and cheeses, plural. Like, yeah. Yikes. He's got a lot of meat down there. A yeah. lot of cheese, I guess. I don't know. Gonna he's my older brother, so I don't know. Because he's my brother-in-law. So that's as much <laughs> as, uh, to the extent I will think about that. I thought the ending was very abrupt. Okay, back to it. And I thought at first i'm like wait a minute what and i didn't think like oh my god he's still alive he broke through the mirror like i thought oh this is one of her visions but i wondered if it was like a setup for something more like if there was gonna then be a like two years later you know what i mean like she has this vision because to me it was like okay he crashed the mirror so i don't know about you guys but i always see like oh broken mirror that's seven that's seven years bad luck did you guys is ever that, hear? Did that's you guys how ever it is in the swamp. Thing? I mean, you're the swamp expert. Is that how it is in the <laughs> this swamp? This is unrelated to the swamp. Oh, okay. This is oh. just my own. Gosh, I didn't know you talked about other things. Other swamp. I have a lot of different interests other than outside. I have questions for our local mirror expert. If you're the yes, one crashing through the mirror, is it more bad luck or right? less? Well, bad that luck? was that's my. I'm so glad you said that, Jason. That was my point because he broke the mirror. So, like, my thought was if she, if he, if so, she first looks at the mirror and thinks she sees him behind her and she turns and he's not and then she turns back and then he breaks through the mirror. So, my first thought was, oh, she broke the mirror, seven years bad luck. And then I'm like, no, he broke through the mirror. Right. So does that mean he had seven years of bad luck or that he was like trying to break through from the spirit world? And I was like, oh, cool. I guess we'll see more. Oh, no credits. Oh, it's over. It just felt like such a big, maybe symbolic move that went nowhere. It just ended. If if this will make you feel better, the whole point of this is is that the Condon's original ending was that they were going to go from that moment to having Lucy wake up in a mental hospital suggesting that this whole thing was possibly a dream much like the beginning scene was a dream he says it may not have been a better ending but by going doing going from a dream in the beginning dream at the end it explains why everything's dreamy without and you'll have to wonder 
Did this all really happen? Mm. Was it just a dream? Does that make it feel better? <laughs> it's slightly more noirish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. maybe. And more giallo y. Yeah. Is that a word? <laughs> Giallo-ish. I think so. Giallo-ish. Giallo-ish. Sure. I think if, if you're going to go that way, you got to make it weirder. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Less grounded in reality. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yes. it is weird. Like she's standing in front of a mirror to put a hat on. I know I don't stand in front of a mirror to put a hat on, but you need to have weirder stuff than that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I also feel like what's cool about not making it all a dream is the fact that those ghosts then are in a reality. Like that is a real thing and not fake which is to me more interesting. It makes the film a little bit more interesting. Again, would have been great to make that more of a point of the film rather than something that seemingly pops out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Unless you watch it several times and find, oh, okay. Oh, oh, I see. But they're so brief that it's like you you miss a lot Mm -hmm. of those mentions. As we'll get into in a second, we'll talk about that. I'll talk a little bit about the scene where she goes through that ghost story. I think you learn, like there are a couple little subtle moments that you learn a lot about the characters. Like what we talked about with the mud in the bed and you kind of learn about Eric Stoltz and just kind of his lack of hygiene. But I also appreciate that Charlotte then goes to get the gun out of the closet and you can see that the blood splatter from the dog is still on the wall. Like they they never thought like, maybe we should clean all the blood in the closet. Nah. I mean, once it's there, the dog would want it that way. They don't think about the, the way paint has progressed and you, you know, you can, it's, it's not stain. It's that's not stain free paint back then. You got to do a whole new coat. Oh, yeah. Over yeah, that. yeah. You got to prime. You got to prime it. They got to paint. Have, I mean, that's. Yeah. This, Stain free paint? Yeah. Like they have commercials where they're like throwing wine on, on the walls because yeah, it's that's, like. That's oh, from, the, that's the, from Bear. Yeah. Paint. Like it's, throwing dog blood yeah. on the walls, yeah. you know? Yeah. Throwing dog blood. Yeah. Look, it's just a commercial. your dog. Throw it against the wall. Uh, yeah. It, but uh, so you learn these little subtle cues about these characters. I, I'm not a expert in paint. I leave that to the crocodiles that I buy it from. Head of the paint. Stain free paint. Yeah. Yeah. From Crocs. Yeah. Clear uh-huh. sponsor. You know what? I think this is a perfect time for us to discuss, to go on to the next level with this movie and talk about. And I'm no expert, but I certainly know things we love and things we hated. Yeah. We're going to talk about the things we love and the things we hated about Sister, Sister. Mark, try to keep this brief. What's something you loved? I like. <laughs> <laughs> Narrow it down. From your many things. I loved the entire seven and a half minutes that the guests were at the house or at the, the B and B that I like Mm -hmm. the, the, the relationship between the husband and wife and, uh, and also why the mom is expecting her, her daughter to sleep with her and not with her husband. I'm like, we could have unpacked that for a while. And I would have, I would have been very happy. So that whole part, yeah. unfortunately, for those who are watching this or listening to this who haven't seen the movie, that part, when that part ends, when those characters leave, you still have about an hour to go. Mm-hmm. So yeah. unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's a lot more time without them than you have with mm-hmm. them. But the time with them. And no more guests show no, up. No, they don't. No. But while they're no. there, it's the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, it's yep. very true. I, I would agree. Jason, what is, what is something that you love? Uh, this is a movie where Eric Stoltz continuously gets hotter as the movie goes on. Like the more unkempt <laughs> he gets, yes! the hotter he gets. And I thought that was, mm-hmm. that was pretty yeah. cool. There's also one scene I want to talk about where 
Etienne is restarting the generator and you see the outside of the house at night and all the windows are lit up mm-hmm. and uh, Lucy and Matt are like making out in the top window. And it's a really beautifully mm-hmm. constructed shot. Um, so those are the two mm-hmm. things that I actually did really like about this mm-hmm. movie. Nice. Yeah. Also, and um, Petoniak as well, I'm sure. MVP. Yeah, yeah. Of, of the people that we haven't that we've already mentioned the conversation she has with yes. the dog when she's given the dog, the midnight snack. And she's yeah. like, Oh, these people telling fucking ghost stories that I heard when I was in camp. Like that was the most natural conversation in the totally. movie. And it was just her talking to Bo. Yeah. Also, yeah. she has a moment where she uh, goes into the closet after she talks to the dog and she puts on Charlotte's like gardening hat. And then she looks in the mirror and then like laughs at herself. She's like, no, <laughs> not for me. And I was like, this is like a genuine moment, yeah. an awesome character moment. I'm like, this is terrific. And you know, it's gone. It's gone. And, and by the next scene, yeah. she, she leaves. Uh, her wig was great. Oh, so good. Oh, that wig. That, yeah. that, that black like, wig. of Frankenstein. Kind yeah, of like the two cool. white oh, pieces. Gray curls. Like, oh, amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Erica, what's something that you loved? I mean, I think this is going to come at no surprise that I love the opening scene. Just immediately opening with men man buns mm-hmm. i was like all right here we go i got the shadow of some some balls there i got mm-hmm. i got some buns i got some titties <laughs> there's a titty count and then it was just it wasn't eric i don't think it's eric stoltz there but it, you if you look down below the shadow in the shadow of his balls that's where <laughs> stoltz is <laughs> he's just hanging out in the shadow face cloaked in ball <laughs> shadow <laughs> That's where he is. That's where he lives. There he is. Yep. Always in the shadow. Always in the shadow. Yeah. Uh, Well, uh, I would have to say, uh, uh, we've already mentioned this. I love the cast. The cast is really amazing. So I have to kind of say, um, the casting is actually done by Donald Borcher's favorite casting director, the late Linda Francis, who also cast Children of the Corn, Angel, Crimes of Passion, tons of New World movies. She does an awesome job with this. And the cast is really, really great. And I want to give also a shout out to. The DP, um, Stephen M. Katz, because this movie looks it does. great. Yeah. It looks really good. Got great actors. So, my, I mean, watched it several times and I'm like, God, I want this to, I just want this to click because it looks so good, particularly for a New World movie. It looks really good. Stephen M. Katz has done a lot of New World movies, starting with Angels Hard as They Come, Student Teachers, and in later era New World films like 18 again. And Nice Girls Don't Explode, while also shooting films like Messiah of Evil. You've never seen Messiah of Evil. It is a beautifully shot film. Super worth checking out. And also The Little Dragons. He shot The Little Mm. Dragons, which is the second film from director Curtis Hansen, who directed Sweet Kill, our first new Warvember (laughs) film. Um, So that's something that I love. Let's go to things that we hated. Mark, what's something you hated? (laughs) I, I hated... Uh, Have we already mentioned no, no, no. it? <laughs> I haven't. It's when Matt, so Matt gets pulled down by the ghosts and uh, the ghosts come and visit Lucy and then the ghosts disappear because Charlotte like totally comes in and interrupts the whole situation. But then <clears throat> Charlotte just runs over and says, the, I wrote down the quote. She just says, it's all over now, isn't it? Oh, thank God. And hugs Lucy. That is all the investigative journalism that she needed was just to be like, it's yeah. all over now, isn't mm-hmm. it? Oh, thank God. Like, no, like, mm-hmm. what the fuck happened? Where is Matt? Are you okay? Nothing. Just like, yeah. it's over, right? Like, 
I think you might want to ask a couple more questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And funny, a funny story that Bill Condon shares in the commentary is he says that in a test screening, when that moment happens, she says that. And then the audience started getting up to leave because they were like, it's done. Yeah. And they was like, oh, uh, we have there's more movie. He said, I think they but were in a hurry to get so out of there. Abruptly, it's like the end of like a, an 80s action movie that ends like immediately with like, oh, we made it. Roll credits. And you're like, well, yeah. Right. Maybe if you spent a little more time talking, it would have led into the yeah. next scene. Or have them even walk away, yeah. like like have something that leads in. It does feel like that's where the movie should end. But also it ends yeah, it in a, a way finale. that you're like... It sounds finale, yeah. Like she never w- thought, where's Matt? Where did he go? Like, no, he doesn't even ask. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's confounding. Yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> Matt is in that little tiny uh, pool of water because... They actually built that lagoon, so it's actually done on a soundstage. It's not actually done in the real water. So, but they did bring they in mosquitoes really and ticks they, to give it a real feel. They brought right. They mm-hmm. threw yeah. a, a bucket of them onto Eric Stoltz <laughs> just to keep it real. They're trying to keep the the water warm, which is why he's in such a shallow amount of water, and it definitely looks like he's not in there very deep. Mm-mm. But anyway, um, Jason, what's something you hated? You know, on the topic of Charlotte here, I hated that we never dealt with the fact that she is also a villain in this movie. Like if you go through this movie and look at her as the villain, uh, she's spying on her sister from upstairs. Mm -hmm. She's keeping her sister drugged and in this like infantile state. And Mm -hmm. we're supposed to at the end be like, oh, the the sisters are reunited and everything's going to be fine. But like she's still going to be in that house. And yep. she's still going to be under her sister's control. And now she doesn't even have the the outlet of Etienne to, to help out with that. So her life going right. forward yeah. is right. infinitely worse than it yes. was before. Mm-hmm. It is. That's a great mm-hmm. observation. Yeah, she's fucked. Yeah, now she has a now she's going to have a husband who's the sheriff. So now she <laughs> really can't fuck around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like she's got to just shut up and do whatever they say. Yeah. In in the fact that they try to build her up as a villain. When they take that element away and say, she's not the villain, you are then left to think, but wait, she did lots of fucked up stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. So how do we square that now that the movie, yeah, I, I mean, it's a great point. Erica. Oh, um, so I mentioned the scene that I loved, you know, loved the opening. I hated everything else. <laughs> so, everything else. Uh, yeah. After that scene ended from, yeah. let's see, until the end, I hated all of that. So, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm a little bummed that Bill Condon didn't lean into what the movie is. I mean, in many ways, I kind of wish... We got we got to see um, Curtis Hansen make Sweet Kill, which make which is a psycho mm-hmm. off. And yes, yeah, certainly he's trying to make that with his own sensibilities as much as he can, but also appease Roger Corman and New World Pictures. In this film, we have Bill Condon trying to make a movie for New World Pictures and show that he can direct. But he's also trying to make a movie he wants. And the push and pull between those two things is why this film, I think, doesn't work. And if he just made Louisiana Swamp Murders... Yeah. Kind of would have been great. I would have loved to see what he did with that. But he, but he like races away from that, rewrites the whole thing, and he's still trying to kind of do it, but mm-hmm. not do it. And it's like it's why I feel like you have you got to just lean into, you know, the genre. Sure, stuff. just lean into it. That's what you're making. Yeah. Stop yeah. trying to race away from it. And even if you're going to try 
to make a movie and that they're like, well, Jagged Edge. Okay, well, let's do what you want. Well, then lean into that. Give us that. Like, I I just felt like it was, I mean, obviously, look, first, it's his first film out. And I think it it does show like he, you know, he had talent, uh, clearly further down the road, maybe. But, um, but it just felt like just he just needed to lean into it and not fight it. And maybe we would have had a better Mm -hmm. favorite scene. Let's get into our favorite scenes. Mark. What was your favorite scene? Um, Like Erica, my favorite scene is the opening scene. And the reason why is, so I'm watching this and it it doesn't make a lot of sense. And it it wasn't until later in the movie that I got it. So the Etienne comes into the room, he's naked, he lays down, he, he, he puts his hand on her chest, but doesn't touch either of her boobs, just goes right down the middle. And then mm-hmm. you can see where the camera's panning down and you think the hand is going to go under the the nightgown or whatever towards her crotch, but it moves to her hips. And then the camera shows her reaction of, of ecstasy or what have you. And I'm thinking of touching her hips. And then like during the actual sex portion like he's on top of her missionary but he's like one leg is over her leg her leg is like basically where his crotch is his other leg is where her crotch is and then her other leg is on the other side like it's like i don't want to interrupt you mark but as your brother i'm highly uncomfortable but continue (laughs) it's like if you were trying to do a scissors but on top like there's no way Mm -hmm. that's gonna work like that it doesn't yeah you, i thought i would feel more uncomfortable by the end and i was right right <laughs> brother brother there's always a crazy brother right there's so, always a good always brother. A crazy no you're right it's it, it the, the 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 sexual math but is then off. i realized <laughs> boop, beep, beep, boop, beep, boop, does not compute <laughs> she hasn't had sex so this is the sex dream of a seven of a seven year old. She's like, mm-hmm. well, he wouldn't touch my boobs, but he might touch the middle. And boy, if he touched my hips, that would be amazing. And you would think like maybe that <laughs> sex position's got to work. Then the walls, they start bursting. Right, they're bursting. Right. It's yeah, representing yeah. like he he is getting close to climax. The and the room gets filled with his clear hot semen. Which is exactly what you would think wow. if you were a seven-year-old. Hold on, real oh, quick. Sorry. I, I don't want to stop you I either. Re- but leave this in. I just want to be clear when it is. Leave all this. Got it. Got, Got it. it. Noted. Got it. Cool. Sure. cool. 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 It's getting kind of hot in here. Great. No, no, no. Wow. We got it. We got We're not lost. None of us are lost, Mark. It's not my favorite scene anymore. I want to change. Mark and I are not aligned. I want to repeat. We are not aligned. So that's my favorite scene. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I have a new and very different scene that was my favorite that I'll share whenever you guys are ready. <laughs> Jason, let's go to you. I I'm gar- I guarantee this is going to be less uncomfortable. What was your favorite scene? I'll try to make it less uncomfortable. Yeah. If you start talking about the you know same what? stuff, I... I'm going to, you know, you'll prove me wrong. But I actually took the water as coming from her, oh, not him. Oh. But that's, you know, that's oh, just how I read it. A feminist. A feminist. So she's yeah. a squirter. I yeah. She's a squirter. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable again. That's how I took it. Wow. <laughs> but but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a different scene. <laughs> I'm gonna go with um the midnight snack scene yes. between uh the old woman and the dog. Yeah. yeah. By far my favorite sure. scene nice. in the film. For sure. 
Erica, have you changed to a different scene? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So what would it be your absolutely. favorite scene now? Uh, I actually really did like the ghost story scene because I felt like finally, mm-hmm. finally, maybe we're going to get a glimpse here as to what's really going on with Lucy. Like, is she just kind of like, is she seeing these visions all the time? Is she maybe someone who's like haunted or kind of communicates with the dead? I loved how scared the guests got so that when Etienne came in the room that she just fully like had this blood curdling scream. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just him. Like it was great. I think they did a good job of setting it up and kind of keeping her voice over and having the like showing the wind moving the curtains. Like it, it was just it really set a tone that was interesting. I mean, it was then immediately dropped shortly after that. But for that one brief moment in that in that scene, I thought it was really it was really yeah. great. And I really liked that a lot. And you finally got something. Right? Like, okay, fine. Now we're finally yeah. getting the story. Yeah. And you weren't quite sure why the story was upsetting Charlotte, why she cut it off. I mean, it finally was like, okay, now some mystery, now some kind of, some more backstory. So yeah, I, mean, I actually that, really kind of liked that scene. That was my favorite scene too. And um, oh. the, the whole point of it was, for me, was that I had to go back and rewatch that scene so many times. It's the element of the movie that I wish they leaned in more, which is a little bit more yeah. of the ghost area. It's so lightly touched upon, and then you get a big moment of payoff at the end, which you don't earn because we don't really know enough about it. We're not, with the exception of this ghost story. And I will say that I agree. I love the atmosphere. The movie, if you can, you can compliment it. Is dripping in atmosphere. Certainly got a lot of that. Whether the drippings come from a man or a woman is a subject of debate, but it is soaking in it. Whatever that may be. What I actually found kind of distracting is that I watched that scene so many times. But it wasn't until I decided to record the clip of it and listen to it that I was like, oh, I kind of get what's happening because the camera in the scene is moving around to all Mm -hmm. the different guests and isn't going back to Jennifer Jason Lee to really cement the performance in her with her. It only kind of goes around the room and then lands with her at the end of the Mm -hmm. story. In the meantime, we see uh, Anne Petoniak like falling asleep during it, which is another great comedic moment. That was great. Of course, she's snoozing through the whole story. And when, but remember, but that, when, that story, like, I didn't get it. And I didn't. But so it took me to, like, record it, listen to it. And then I was like, now I get it. And so since I spent that much time with that scene, it became my favorite scene. <laughs> so so but uh, it's also a scene to me that it's like a it's a it's, it's a scene that isn't like so greatly pulled off in my eyes. It's just a scene of what we could have had as a movie had they really gone down that road yeah. and said, this is a weird Southern Gothic kind of movie with lots of ghost stuff around it. That would have been really cool. I heard a voice calling out my name. It was dark, so I knew not to go out, but the voice just kept at me. And I found myself heading deep into the cove. Well... Of course, they were all there. Fishermen, trappers, some families, children even. I'm I'm not afraid to look the dead in the face. But their eyes, there's such longing in their eyes. You see, I could tell they were my friends. They wanted to protect me. All, all, all the people from the parish, anyone who ever died in the swamp. And then I heard the voice again. I turned around and there was a boy 
was different from the others. His eyes were hollow. And his skin. Let's go into fa- uh, final questions. These are our final questions for Sister Sister. Who does Jennifer Jason Lee bone in that opening dream? It's not Etienne. So is it just one of those people you make up in your dreams and you're like, God, yeah. I really had a great conversation with somebody that I don't know. Is yeah. it that kind of thing? Yes. Yeah, nice book guy. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a previous guest of the hotel. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's he's good. Like, he's like all a good, you know at physical attributes of probably other people. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like nice buns and like good shape and some sweet, you know, gorgeous locks. meats and cheeses, yeah, meats and cheeses, many, many mm-hmm. meats and cheeses. I think it's, his, it's his balls what give off she, a very dark shadow. It's what she thinks the cop would look like without his clothes. <laughs> the cop, the sheriff, yeah, the sheriff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, that's a twist. Oh, wow. Another twist. Wait, he takes his clothes off and he gets a lot more hair on top of his head. <laughs> and he's suddenly more She's fit. young <laughs> mentally. We've covered this. So it is a it dream. Is a, and it is, a dream, I guess. It could be whatever whatever she wants it to be. We get a small sense of who does the cleaning at the end. Who who does the cooking? I think it's Charlotte that's doing it because she's the one that gets offended that Matt's feeding the dog with the food. Yeah, yeah and remember she's smoking a cigarette yeah. when she's like prepping eggs? Yeah. yeah. When the sheriff shows up and then she just does that, wa- that wave that people who smoke do. Like, oh, here, let me just wave my hand and then all the smoke is gone. And now you'll never know. <laughs> My secret is safe. But we should... I can get into bed now smelling like yeah. cigarettes and nobody no will know. No one will ever smell it. Plus, I was I was running around in the swamp and my boots are filled with swamp mud. Because everyone sleeps with their muddy boots. It should be pointed out, though, that kitchen is amazing. It I is. Would yes. love... Except yeah. for the window in yeah, an well, air conditioner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's going to get hot. It's a in giant there. house. It's going to get hot. And it's, you know, you know the humidity. Yeah, it's no joke. High, so. yeah. Speaking of the inn, how do you think their photos or burlets rating is going to be affected by the body count that they are amassing? <laughs> <laughs> it won't be because they're in the bayou and it just disappeared. There's no body count. Is it still going to be a five star from Michelin? Yeah. I don't <laughs> think they the have deaths. a Michelin rating. Yep. I Would do not those... think they have a Michelin rating at all. <laughs> okay. I don't think they're going to put that in their brochure. Yeah. <laughs> they just yeah. leave it out. Yeah. They leave it out. The stories of the dead people were, were just rumors. It's part of the Bayou tour. They just... Bodies, <laughs> keep an eye out for dead, for floaters. <laughs> Shallow waters out here. <laughs> they did get downgraded from floaters to let's go Louisiana. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut for those who traveled 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. For people that are like, what? You don't just look all this shit up on your phone? Yeah. No, we didn't have that at, at, at some one point mm-hmm. in time. Everybody has a secret in this, right? Um, Charlotte smokes. Mrs. Bettelheim wears a wig. Etienne mm-hmm. gives shitty Bayou tours. What secrets uh, <laughs> are Mrs. Bettelheim's daughter and son-in-law hiding? 
Hmm. That they're not really in love. Yeah. <laughs> they're not hiding that at all. <laughs> it's funny. I actually didn't think they were mar- a married couple at first. I thought they were a brother and sister. I thought it was like oh. a mom and a brother and a sister. Yeah. But then, I mean, later then they go to their room right. together. Right. But and I she says, I'm going to sleep with my husband and not you. Yeah. And she says, Ma. Her her one line, most of her dialogue is filled with the word Ma. Yeah. And he says nothing. He doesn't have a. He just never says a word. So I think the the thing that they're hiding is that they're married. That's what they're trying right. to hide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. They're trying to keep that a secret. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Jason, is that does that make sense to you or? I guess it would make more sense if there was a reason to hide that you were married. Like, is somebody from the IRS in there? Like, oh, I'm checking tax returns. <laughs> that's why she screams. She's like, he's here. He's the auditor. Yeah, that's why they have so many bags because they're actually moving into the Holiday Inn. So they're trying to hide out in Louisiana. Yeah. So they'll never get caught by the IRS. Covered that. Okay, so Bill Condon says in his commentary that in retrospect, and we sort of touched on this a little bit, he feels he should have made Eric Stoltz the main character. So the audience could then experience the sisters and their environment and their world through his eyes. And what is a quote unquote normal character? Do you agree or disagree? I, I disagree. I think there are major problems with this script and things you could have done to make it way better. I don't think making Eric Stoltz the main character would be that mm-hmm. thing. I think if you really wanted to improve this movie... You don't make the the secret that the sisters have that they killed a rapist. I think that you make it that they killed somebody by accident yeah, or did right. something that like would because I mean, they were justified in what they right. did. But if you made it so it wasn't justified and they were like really harboring the secret that's eating up both of them inside, I think that's how you like really improve this movie. Mm. And at the end, you kind of cleanse those sins. But like as it is. Matt's brother was his name Jed. Of course, it's Jed because they're in the bayou. Like that—that that was a justified killing. That was self-defense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was trying to like he was he was trying to assault not just Charlotte but also Lucy, yeah. who was very young. Sure. Like mm-hmm. he's right. not a good no, not dude. At all. Yeah. So like, no, yeah. we're not like like oh no that poor person you're right that's a that's a good call mark what do you think i i completely agree i i i would say like they they focus on the sisters and yet by the end you're still not clear are they are they developmentally disabled of some kind is the mm-hmm. older sister mm-hmm. really just is she evil i mean you, you still and they spend a ton of time with them and we're still not clear as to how that relationship is working out Sure. If we had reversed sure. it and made this Eric Stoltz's character's movie, it would have been more confusing. You'd just be like, I don't get what's with these two people. And we'd have mm-hmm. even less insight into what might be happening. Right, right. Erica, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think, I don't care to watch it with him as the main character. I think, I don't think that, yeah, I agree. I don't think that solves anything. You don't just have a dude, make them do the main character and have that solve it. Come on. What well, would have solved he... it was a higher titty count. More man Higher. Buns. Okay. Higher. You know, they just needed to lean into it more. I think it. Because Mrs. Bettelheim does, escapes without showing us a little of her goods. So we needed to kind of. <laughs> Bow song, for sure. Yeah, to like Jason and Mark's points, like you don't know what the deal is with the sisters. Like, is it a Grey Gardens thing where they're just totally weird from being in this big I mean, house? I think yes. I, mean, I think definitely yes, for sure. Nah, I, I don't need to see Stoltz as the main character. I'll just wait for the mask for that. 
<laughs> we, we, yeah, we missed out on seeing her great gardens. You know, for my part, I'm just going to say, I know what you guys all said about my question, but I'm just going to say, for my part, yes, it would have. In a different world, this would have been a story of Matt becoming a vigilante because a mass vigilante because his brother was murdered and he's going out to get all the bad people that lie in court. But it wasn't another world. It was this boring ass world. <laughs> That's why I think it would have been better if he had just been the main character. Anyway, God. for no reason that I need to explain because it just would have been something different. I also have a question here. Oh, good. Oh, oh terrific. Great. So there's two big motifs throughout the this movie. We've got the mm-hmm. water motif, which we see throughout. And obviously that like wraps up in a satisfying way with Eric Stoltz, you know, going into the water at the end. There's also this mirror thing that goes throughout the whole movie like at the end when you see charlotte with the shotgun it's like she's in a hall of mirrors all of a sudden there's there's Mm -hmm. mirrors Mm -hmm. everywhere and then you get the stoltz thing at the end with him coming out of the mirror like what do you think the mirrors represent it's clear what the water represents but it was never clear Um, what the mirrors i I mean i think it's pretty clear from bill condon's resume that he was trying to set himself up as the next director of a Candyman movie by using all the mirrors (laughs) and he would employ it again in Candyman 2 so that to me was just like, hey, you need somebody to film a Candyman movie. I'm ready. Nailed it. I'm ready. Nailed we it. need a mirror guy. <laughs> we need a mirror guy. <laughs> Who is a director obsessed with mirrors? I think that the mirrors are supposed to reflect like the two sisters, like and who they are to each other. They were reflections of each other. I say that because I think Condon says that in the commentary. I truly was baffled by the amount of mirror work, other than I think when people are often using it now, it seems to me like, well, that'll be a cool shot. Yeah. If one person's in in camera and one person you don't see in the frame, but you see him in the mirror. So, you know, it has those kinds of those kinds of payoffs. But that's kind of what I thought largely it was. But he said they were reflections of each other, which I'm like, okay, I suppose. I know so little about them that I'll I'll take your word for it. What what did you think, Erica? Uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought the mirror at the end, I was trying to figure out if it was bad luck or not. But that now that I'm thinking about it again, that was the first mirror that broke where it was when it was always the sisters. It was always a, a mirror in unbroken and it was Matt that broke the mirror. So maybe Matt that broke the curse. I, I don't know. I, can, I, I can't. I don't have a good deep thought answer on that other than it does look cool. And it's probably very hard to shoot because you have to make sure you're not getting cameras and yeah, stuff in the mics mirrors. and what's you know reflected in it. It's probably very difficult to do. So it's certainly done on purpose because mm-hmm. it takes a lot to set up those shots. Yeah. I just think it's a bummer that you only see he's really the only ghost reflection that you see in the mirror. Yeah. Again, I feel like that's another missed opportunity to not have more. Go, what was that? Oh, now you're yes. going to introduce that? Or, yeah. yeah. They, they introduce it in literally the closing moments that, yeah. that ghosts live in the mirrors. Yeah. So it's not that. It wasn't, that's not the point because we mm-hmm. don't utilize it. Mark, what do you think? You're still upset about Eric Stoltz's car? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, it, to me, it just feels like you're trying to be stylish. So you're like, oh, we'll use mirrors because mirrors are entry into your soul or whatever and when eric stoltz jumps through the mirror he jumps with such a weird pose and he's in that tuxedo it just made me laugh out loud mm-hmm. so yeah um, that's when he's now a vigilante that's why he's, <laughs> he's free what do you have an answer to he's your question mask. jason or were you just hoping we would 
supply you with an answer. I was hoping you could shine some light on it, but uh, it appears we're not going to figure that out on this yep, cast. No, Guys, you're, no light here. No light here. Yep, we, you're staying in the dark, my friend. We blew out all 300 of those candles on yep. that particular question. Yeah. There is no light to be found. Maybe you guys could write us uh, and let us know what you think are with all these mirrors if you've seen this movie. But to dive into the research, this movie costs a little under $4 million. It, it, what? Yeah. Wow. It was half of it was spent on candles. Intense candle budget. Intense candle budget. Shooting began in no- November 11th. <gasps> November? Noir, November 11th, 1986, and finished in January of 1987. According to the DVD bio of director Bill Condon, um, Condon says that he was, quote, interested in doing a different kind of grand guignol horror based on character and atmosphere. End quote. Uh, okay. Uh, when, I didn't see that when here. He, when is he going to make that movie? <laughs> yeah. Oh! Yeah. It's hard to be Grand Guignol when, like, the goriest murder is the dog. Yeah. yeah. And that's really not, thankfully, done off camera. But the, the blood we really see is the dogs. Mm-hmm. We don't really see a whole lot. Even when Etienne gets shot up with arrows, like a, like a scarecrow target, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um even that it's like it's not really bloody and gory it didn't seem it doesn't seem to have that but okay for the opening scene condon said quote we were going for it almost a parody of a gothic romance novel sort of like the trashy idea of romance with a storm and candles and all the trappings end quote success on that front you were going for that or you (laughs) will this movie initially received an x rating for reasons that Condon does not explain, other than it was, he says, the fourth Jennifer Jason Lee film to receive one. And there was like a saying going around that if Jennifer Jason Lee is in your movie, it's going to get an X rating. I don't know how this movie gets an X rating. I feel like she probably loved that. Maybe there were more <laughs> Grand Guignol moments that were cut out. I, I, I think it's probably the sex scenes. Maybe. It was the balls. Yeah. the balls. I think yeah. it was probably the sex scenes just because in perusing some, because I'm always like, what do other people think of this movie? Especially when I hate it. I'm like, do people love this? And I'm just the oddball that hates it. I'm just the, no, kook- no. I'm just the kooky one that doesn't love it. And people are like, the sex scenes in this are very realistic and very graphic. Like people's mm. reviews mentioned more often than not the sex scenes. So I, I would have to imagine that that's probably what maybe. What, well, what Eric Stoltz the- does, uh, he does get a nipple in his mouth. So he He does. You know, he does. He goes yeah, right so, for it. I mean without hesitation. And then a funny story is that Bill Condon talks about how he had wanted him to carry her to the bed and then show his butt, but he talked uh Bill Condon out of it and said that when a guy shows his butt, then he's not taken seriously as a character. Like and he mentioned American Gigolo as example. And then Bill Condon rightly points out, like literally one of the next movies that he makes, Eric Stoltz, that is, is him playing Lord Byron. uh, And he's like jumping into a lake totally nude. And he was like, and then Eric Stoltz would appear nude in many films from here on out. But I said, apparently he he said, apparently he he wasn't into it at this moment, but apparently he was fine with it later. You know, he probably just had like a big old pimple on his butt or something. Sure. He was just like embarrassed. Yeah. It's got that fair skin. No, it's yeah. swamp mud. Yeah. Yeah. Swamp just, mud. He had shit just... himself for real yeah. as a character. And because of that, he had a rash. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, almost, almost cast as Stoltz's older brother was Johnny Depp. Huh. 
Bill Condon said he still has the audition tape with uh, oh, Johnny wow. Depp on it. Prove it. But they didn't end up getting... That's where he got the uh, shitting in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, uh, the gator in this uh, is actually borrowed from 1980s Alligator. Oh, really? Which was oh, wow. directed by former New World editor-director Louis Teague and ah. New World screenwriter John Sayles. Wow. They did not have the money and the budget and their $4 million because it went to all those candles as Jason mentioned, so they they had to borrow an alligator from another movie. Funny they just borrowed it from former New World people. Yeah, This uh, actually opened, um, this is why it's 1987, it opened at the 1987 Toronto Film Festival in September 1987, which Condon said went really well. And it received some good reviews, and he was kind of hoping that maybe this would mean that, like, you know, they, they might get some good, you know, reviews at least. And maybe people would be like, oh, this is a well-reviewed film. Mm -hmm. And then it opens theatrically on February 5th, 1988. And Condon even admits nobody went to see it. I think it made $700,000 theatrically or something like that. Hmm. And even critically did very poorly. The LA Times review title was Sister, Sister is Silly, Silly. And the last the last line of the review burn and the the last line of the review says, um, quote, when Ivy at the end of the film says, thank God it's over. There's an almost audible amen. End quote. So that's how they end. That, that the had review. to have been like a that was a Kevin Thomas review, yes. wasn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh-huh. That sounds yeah. like him. Um, on the New World end, Condon says that there were new executives in place that asked him to make the changes. So apparently there was some changeover in the leadership by once he's making the film, by the time he's finishing it. He doesn't say what they really made him change, though. Obviously, as I mentioned before, he had scenes in different order. And so they switched all that out. He also mentions the stock market crash of 1987, better known as Black Monday, as something that made things more difficult for New World, which I thought was very interesting. In fact, he says that New World never recovered from the crash. And as you NWPPs recall from our Pretty Smart episode, we talked about how New World had joined with Balcor Entertainment to fund some of their slate, Sister Sister not being one of those films. But And at the time, they were suing World Vision because World Vision wouldn't release their films on television. And their collateral was wrapped up in about 40 to 50% in their contract with World Vision. So something they were not telling their investors until much later. So they're in that issue and that problem in 1987 when the stock market crashed. Because they had gone public, all these public offerings, they weren't paying off on it. Eventually, the Bacor investors sue them in 88. So I, I, I thought, oh, that's interesting. I, hadn't, I didn't realize that, hadn't thought of it. And so clearly that was a big problem. And that's... Uh, Probably another reason why New World was going down the tank mm-hmm. at that time. Not Sister Sister's fault, but didn't also help. Yeah. Them. And that's it. That's it. That is Sister Sister. Wow. Jason, thank you so much. Well, what for an joining abrupt us. ending. What it was. It you was really abrupt. Jump through the mirror. <laughs> it really on was. That one. Well, huh. I was gonna have us all try to wake up and think it was a dream, but <laughs> <laughs> this whole episode was a dream, everybody. My God. Did it even happen? Did we even watch this movie? <laughs> Did we even talk about it? It's all over uh, now, Jason, isn't it? Thank you so much. For, it's all yeah. over. Amen. It's all thank over. God. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much for joining us and for watching Sister yes. Sister. Uh, 
Thanks for having me on. I'd say it was a pleasure watching the movie, but uh, it was a pleasure being on the show. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. good. We can at least we could meet halfway. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it's nice if you're going to watch a movie like this that you're like, well, at least I have an outlet to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, indeed. So, and, and we appreciate you going the extra mile actually getting the Blu-ray. So now this is a permanent part of your household. That's great. Uh, and ours too. Yes. But don't forget. To leave us a five-star review, if you can, leave a five-star review for us five podcast. Where can people find you? Let them know so they can follow your podcast if they aren't already. Wherever you're listening to this, you can listen to Force 5. And if you want to catch me on social media, Force 5 Pod on Twitter and Force 5 Podcast on Instagram. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'm around. Jason's around. He's got a great podcast. Dig in. It was a lot of fun. I had a great time on your show. We hope you had a great time on this show. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody. It's over.